The following podcast is a part of RadioMisfits.com. And now it's time for the Mr. Nelson Show. Hello, friends. Yes, this is uh, the Nelson Show episode. What is this? 203, I guess. Uh, of course, this is being taped on election night, and uh, I uh, boy, I just don't have time to do a show. <laughs> I, I was up all night um, for other reasons, and uh, I voted this morning and all that sort of stuff, and then uh, did the Rob Saul show. And it is putting a strain on the throat. Uh, I managed to dodge a sore throat over the weekend. It started up and uh, then it seems, oh, it feels better. I guess I wasn't really coming down with anything. And now, oh boy, oh boy. So uh, as it stands, it looks like the conventional wisdom projections was the Republicans would keep the Senate but lose the House. And, uh, I, well, some of the, the most notable uh, gubernatorial races... Uh, I think Florida went Republican with Rick Scott. Or no, not Rick Scott, uh, DeSantis. Rick Scott looks like he'll get uh, the Senate seat for Florida uh, from that socialist idiot. Uh, So there you go. Uh, At least uh, for the Democrats, they'll have the House victory, and hopefully they won't riot and burn everything down like they usually do when they lose. (laughs) Uh, The counter to that, of course... Um, the uh, Republicans uh, will not be burning down cities because they lost the House. So uh, we've got two years of stalemate in the House, and uh, some people were explaining, like, you know, well, you know, there was a lot in the House that was corrupt that wasn't on board with Trump and whatnot in a lot of ways because uh, the where you, how you make your money in Washington and Rich, of course, have explained how that protection racket works. Uh, you can't be doing things that's favorable to the taxpayer. You want to grease them and squeeze them as much as possible and uh, set up a series of uh, exemptions and whatnot that you control. And that's how you make your money through favors and whatnot. So uh, for somebody like Trump coming in and just blowing all that up and everything, well, gee, that just ruins uh, their plans. So uh, the idea that uh, uh, that it was that big of a cog in the system uh, for the Democrats to take it back uh, might not be as bad as one might have suspected. On the other hand, you're just going to get investigations because they've got to give something to this ravenous mob that they've uh, ginned up and uh, depend on, and they're turning them, their, their party over to absolute insanity. And, uh, boy, you don't go very long pissing those people off, and I don't know how much of this they, they've raised the rhetoric to the nth degree, uh, you know, Hitler and Nazis and everything. And then all of a sudden, everything's quieted down. You've got your chairmanships and stuff. And eh, it's fine. You know, uh, he's bad. We'll try to beat him in 2020, but uh, life goes on. That's not going to be good enough. <laughs> They're going to want. And like I said, impeachment is all but assured in a lot of ways, but it doesn't matter. It's just like. Uh, when the teacher's mad at you and gave you a uh, a frown sticker face on your report card or whatever, <laughs> that's about all it is because they don't have the Senate and they can't remove him from office. So, uh, so there you go. Uh, 
that's about it. And uh, that's what it looks like. Uh, I mean, I'm looking at the results online as I'm taping it. And, of course, oh, man, look at this. The Republicans got way more uh, seats. And, yeah, but that's going to change over time. Uh, so uh, I think it's probably still likely Democrats will take. I don't know. I, I, was t- I thought, uh, hey, I'll wait and tape the show late in the night. And I was going to work on a night-night episode and that sort of thing, which I've been wanting to do, you know, after the Halloween stuff. And, uh, well, that's not happening because uh, <laughs> I, I don't want to uh, uh, I don't want a sore throat. <laughs> so uh, there we go with that. Uh, lefty and Red uh, walked away when it looked like the house would go red, uh, blue. And Lefty uh, is, is is sort of upset with some of the results, but he's thrilled and uh, wanted to uh, pop a cork and cheer, and he did it prematurely and has passed out. So, <laughs> so there you go. Uh, we, we, he was on the Rob Saul show uh, earlier tonight. We were doing some coverage there with uh, actress Christy Swanson, the original Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and uh, Lefty, uh, he promised there would be some scores settled. Uh, you know, now that the Democrats uh, have the House. So the House is, is significant because you get the Speaker of the House, and that sets a, a lot of agenda, but, it, but basically it means nothing's going to happen. The House can write up and send a bill through, but the Senate can block it, and, of course, Trump would veto it. So uh, not a lot's going to happen in that neck of the woods, and then a lot of uh, money wasted on idiot investigations. And the sad part about that is that this is the first time that I can remember in a long time that you really got uh, uh, some exposure to uh, corruption within the bureaucracies and most notably in the FBI's leadership, colluding with a political party for their own uh, favors and uh, practically attempting to frame a man and just because he's an asshole. That, that is not good for you. And now that it all comes to a screeching halt as far as that goes, because uh, uh, a Democratic chairman is not going to ask the FBI to explain themselves for, you know, blatant criminality and corruption here. So uh, that that part of it will go. But then the idea that they're going to be able to hold Trump uh, criminally responsible or something, you can't because there's no crime. So, but like I said previously, they've got the numbers, so they can impeach him for, you know, picking his nose in the Oval Office, whatever. And uh, that's that could be a possibility. And that's about it. There you go. Uh, the scurrilous, terrible things, of course. Everybody's a Nazi and whatnot if you don't vote Democrat and that kind of thing. And, uh, oh, let's bring up Willie Horton again. Look, <laughs> Willie Horton. How do you go through with that? How do you keep doing that and, and, and acting like Willie Horton is some sort of uh, civil rights icon? Willie Horton, on a weekend pass, uh, to my eternal disgrace uh, uh, under uh, Michael Dukakis, he didn't introduce it, a Republican did, but he didn't do anything to stop it and went, okay, okay that prisoners could be have a weekend pass. Um, uh, and Because I voted for Michael Dukakis back then, yeah. Um, <laughs> that's a long time ago, huh? But anyway, Willie Horton got out, uh, broke into a Maryland couple's home, uh, stabbed the man, uh, beat him with a, with a pistol, and then repeatedly raped uh, his fiance. Uh, and then later on murdered a man 
at a gas station. And so, uh, boy, oh boy, but no, he's black. So therefore the entire story is that the Republicans are racist and they used it as a dog whistle to all the racists to come support uh, George Bush at the time. Um, no. And anyone who keeps pushing that, and this is all the media, they keep pushing the narrative. It is shameful and despicable that that would happen after all this time. And all you got to do is look it up. I mean, look at the crimes the man did. Look, you got the problem with the weekend pass, which is idiotic to begin with. And then you have uh, this the crimes this guy committed. You're not going to make a, an ad about the guy who was on the weekend pass and he got caught shoplifting. No, you're going to go with the murderer and rapist. <sighs> but here it is. It's nasty. So, again, uh, what are the blessings here? I, I wish the Republicans could have held. Uh, I didn't think they would, and it looks like they didn't. But had they won, <laughs> probably would have been some riots. I mean, it's they're crazy. So uh, maybe this will soothe them and give them a pacifier for a while, and the tantrum can kind of tone down. But... Democrats, you're going to have to deliver something. So I guess a, a bullshit uh, impeachment might help, but then they're going to notice he's still there. <laughs> so I don't know what you're going to do with your 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 ravenous mob, but um, well, we'll see, won't we? All right. I've got pre-recorded reviews of Doctor Who, uh, The Walking Dead and uh, superhero TV shows in general. That I did for my Nelson ratings videos on my uh, 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 YouTube and BitChute channels. And uh, so I'll provide the audio here and uh, I'll see you next time on Saturday. Bye bye. You're listening to the Mr. Nelson Show here on RadioMisfits.com. Ah, uh, Mr. Smith, what seems to be the problem here? Well, uh, uh, it's just hemorrhoidal flare-up, Doctor. I, it's getting to the point where I can't sit down and I can't even walk. I mean, the pain. Well, you're in luck. There's a brand new remedy for just such a situation as yours. It's called Icy Hole. Icy Hole? Yes, go ahead and pull your pants down. I'll demonstrate. Uh, all right. Yeah, you'll feel the cooling, pain-relieving sensation oh, of Icy yeah. Hole. Wow. I can't believe how fast it is. I can't believe you still think I'm a doctor. Huh? Icy Hole, available at Walgreens, CVS, and Walmart pharmacies. Like the sound of my voice? Yes, you know you do. And you want to hear it in the best way possible. So why not get yourself some headphones and accessories from Tweaked Audio? Key features include eight colors and styles, mic'd and non-mic'd versions, designed to sound great for music and talk. Noise-reducing design with a lifetime warranty. So head over to tweakedaudio.com and use discount code Mr. Nelson at checkout for 33% off and free worldwide shipping. That's Mr. Nelson, MR. N-A-I-L-S-I-N. It's not case-sensitive, but it is all one word. That's tweakedaudio.com. You're listening to the Mr. Nelson Show here on radiomisfits.com. Welcome to the Nelson Ratings. I'm going to look at... Uh, 
some uh, aspects of superhero television. So we have, of course, uh, Marvel and DC. And DC primarily has been a part of CW. And they had uh, Arrow and then The Flash and then Supergirl, which was on, uh, what was it, ABC. And then it moved over to CW and uh, it's a part of that lineup. And now you got Legends and uh, Black Lightning. And uh, apparently at some point it's possible that they might get a Batwoman series and eventually maybe even a Superman series, which I highly endorse and recommend that they do. Uh, but the ratings are dipping for those shows. But uh, they had a good run up uh, to this point and were actually doing a lot better than uh, the Marvel TV shows. Uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. started off very badly. Sort of found its its place. Uh, but then uh, the problems with uh, Marvel was that they had to have this division that was imposed on them because uh, the guy in charge of the TV shows didn't like the guy in charge of the movies. <laughs> Even though they're supposed to exist in the same uh, universe. Uh, then the Netflix shows, which uh, Daredevil was the, easily the best of that bunch. And the others were interesting here and there, but just kind of fizzled. Uh, now, of course, there's been the cancellations of Luke Cage and Iron Fist. Um, and the belief is is that uh, Marvel's making moves to put everything under their, their own uh, home and banner, and that the, the Disney streaming service will have new shows, and they will. Uh, as Whether the Netflix shows will move there or be repurposed there or not, I don't know. Uh, Vincent D'Onofrio says, hey, there's, they're not going to cancel Daredevil. Well, we'll see. But um, we know for sure uh, they're going to present uh, uh, two new series uh, of, with Loki and the Scarlet Witch. Uh, and that's interesting in that the uh, movies can only do so much, uh, whereas television has the ability to adapt the serial nature of comic books and that whole soap opera plot type uh, aspects that can be in an ongoing TV series. Uh, well, I, I don't think these are going to be ongoing. I believe there's eight episodes each, and that's probably going to be it, which uh, I'll take it. Um, so you'll get a more uh, in-depth look at these characters and their story. As for whether or not you'll get cameos from other the main the big stars or whatnot, I don't know. I don't know if Thor will show up in Loki. <laughs> you might get the Vision to show up in Scarlet Witch. Who knows? And I'm wondering with the uh, merger, uh, merger rather, uh, Disney buying the Fox property, so now they got X Men and Fantastic Four back. That they. Uh, uh, can expand on Scarlet Witch being a mutant. You know, there's, there's no mention of it because at the time uh, they didn't have the rights to the X-Men for the Marvel uh, movies. So now they can probably uh, uh, flesh that out a bit. And maybe that's what they'll be doing in that series. As for Loki, uh, who knows? Uh, as far as we know, he's dead. But, uh, well, <laughs> uh, he's a god. So uh, perhaps he can come back or this will be some sort of prequel series and maybe the two will cross over with each other. I don't know. They're both uh, they both dabble in magic or 
what appears to be magic, so, you know, we'll see. Then the other announcement, there was a rumor that, oh boy, it might be a Nick Fury series, and they said, no, no. Uh, but instead, we're going to get a Bucky or Winter Soldier and the Falcon series. Now, so, hey, wait, what? Uh, well, both men are uh, the best buds of Captain America, and... I don't think it's a big spoiler to know that Captain America will not survive the next Avengers movie. So uh, this might uh, detail these guys dealing with the death of their mutual friend and developing a friendship between the two of them as they tackle the forces of evil. So, uh, again, this will probably... Uh, I, I don't know if they if it's said that it's eight episodes or what have you is the usual uh, number for these sort of things but um but yeah limited scope here where you can take some guys who've been involved in in the movies and have them committed to a you know a tv series so it would be limited so it's probably like a one season deal and it'll tell their, the story they've got planned for them and there you go which is again a good idea because it, it you get that comic book uh, nature to it far more in a television pre presentation than you would in a movie because you've got a limited amount of time whereas you have several uh, I'm assuming hour long episodes so uh, once they're done with these they'll probably continue on with others I don't think you're going to get an Iron Man series it's too bad that would be cool but I don't think they can swing that check <laughs> And, and, of course, with Thor and the like, uh, probably can't do it. But a lot of this idea of getting uh, top talent and, uh, movie stars to come in and do a series like they did with Fargo and stuff is because it's limited. And they can make that commitment to that time. And it's like, well, we're doing eight to ten episodes or whatever of this thing. And you come in, you play the character, and you're, you're good. And that's how you can uh, swing that. And, of course, uh, since the 2000s began, uh, we've had quite the renaissance in television where uh, the shows, quite a few of them, outdo uh, the dramatic effect of movies. So uh, that's kind of slacked off lately. But uh, there's some shows that said, uh, step up. You know, you got Better Call Saul, which is just excellent and stuff like that. So... Uh, it, the, the, the idea that it's a step down, uh, I, I think that should be over. And if anyone's still thinking that, uh, you know, you need to pay attention. Uh, so there you have, uh, Winter Soldier and Falcon, and they're brought together by their, uh, probably their remorse over the loss of Captain America, and, uh, they go forward there's a rumor that captain america will be replaced like he was in the comics first winter soldier did and then uh sam wilson the falcon uh did as well then there's also a rumor that they might replace captain america with a woman <laughs> all this stuff um you never beat the original you almost never beat the original and it's one of these things where i you know and uh, why can't these characters have their own identity? Uh, the, the Falcon's been the Falcon for decades. Let him be the Falcon. And Winter Soldier is rather new, but he was Bucky and all that sort of thing. Uh, so anyway, it'll be interesting to see those those shows. Meanwhile, news amongst uh, the CW shows. 
again, like I said, the ratings aren't great. The best of those shows is The Flash. Um, and uh, they've kind of fizzled uh, plot-wise because a lot of it's pretty repetitive. But the interesting thing is they've had these crossovers. And now this one is the most interesting of all because uh, it toys with the idea of the crisis. If you're familiar with DC Comics, uh, Crisis always involved uh, a crossover uh, between the multiple universe uh, uh, aspect of DC Comics, which DC pretty much dominated that theory uh, going as far back as the, the 60s, um, where you could meet other versions of yourself or what have you. Uh, the world looks the same, but it's different and all that sort of thing. Uh, which they should have really jumped on in the movies as well, because uh, uh, there's some concern that that might be what Marvel's going to do <laughs> to explain. And it's kind of funny once Marvel uh, scoops them again. Uh, but uh, really cool is uh, they've cast this actor, uh, La Monica Garrett, as the Monitor. Now, the Monitor was a key figure in the Crisis on Infinite Earths, which was an 80s series that was designed to uh, streamline the DC universe and make it simple. The series in and of itself was pretty good. Uh, it holds up and it's really uh, fascinating to read and whatnot and a difficult thing to pull off. It only had 12 issues and had to cram the entire DC universe in it. <laughs> but George Perez, the artist, managed to do it. Uh, unfortunately, the DC universe never really recovered from that. <laughs> And there was all kinds of problems. It created more problems than it solved and all that. Probably should have left well enough alone. But anyway, uh, they've cast this actor, uh, Garrett, as the monitor. And boy, he really looks the part. The, the outfit is pretty dead on. So that's, that's really cool. And so I'm wondering if this refers to the crisis that results in the, the disappearance of the Flash. Now, in the original... Crisis on Infinite Earth, uh, the Barry Allen Flash dies at the end of that story, close to the end. I think it was issue eight, he dies. Uh, so, why uh, will they uh, put something like that in there? <laughs> I don't know. Or uh, there'll be some time warp thing that makes it where it doesn't happen because his daughter has come from the future in his story and all that. Um, but. Uh, that looks cool, and maybe that'll uh, gear up some excitement for people to come give these shows a chance. Uh, they're hoping to spin off a Batwoman series out of it and a Superman series, uh, which would be really great. Uh, I look forward to those. And uh, another cool aspect is John Wesley Ship will be featured uh, as his 90s uh, Flash character, uh, where they acknowledge that, yes... Which they've already done with little uh, cameos and Easter egg footage from the old show within the Flash to show that yes, there's an al there's these alternate timelines and universes, and uh, uh, so he can uh, uh, play that part again. And that and it looks really cool. They they suited him up, and he looks just like he used to. <laughs> so it's pretty cool. Um, and maybe after all is said and done, they'll uh, merge. The, the universe is so Supergirl can exist in the same world with the Flash instead of having to jump through a wormhole or whatever. And uh, I still don't know if Black Lightning's a part of this, and I don't know if it's ever been established 
which universe he's in or if he's in one of his own. There was a line in the previous season where they mentioned Supergirl. I thought, oh, is he, is he in Supergirl's world? Don't know, but uh, I will be watching it, and uh, it looks pretty cool so far just based on the uh the promo images certainly the monitor uh that's pretty damn close to uh the character so uh good on them so the tv show uh they pay a little bit more service uh and tribute to the source materials of the comics more so than the movies uh and the movies I, there was a division unlike marvel which initially said that they were all connected and then acted like they weren't <laughs> uh but uh, there was always a division between the movies and the tv shows when it came to dc um and uh, stupid things like telling them well arrow can have deathstroke in as a villain and then suddenly okay he can't and then they, okay he can now no he can't you know <laughs> it was stuff like that where they should make the attempt to own the idea that these are uh, alternate versions and they're all part of the multiverse and why not share at least just footage between the two when they do these crossovers and stuff and they get a glance at how you know how many different versions of uh themselves there are and they could use old footage from even christopher reeve and stuff like that and say those worlds existed and that that version and what have you happened and so they could use some of the footage from the movies as well and uh say yeah it's it's just another uh, uh uh you know universe and so on and so forth so uh it's not that hard it's just footage and uh why not it's doubtful that there'll be a cameo of Ezra Miller you know running around uh but you know it but still uh, just take the footage from the movies and stuff like that uh, but anyway, so uh, there you go. An interesting uh, look at some of the possibilities and things that are coming uh, on the small screen of uh, your favorite superheroes. So. You're listening to the Mr. Nelson Show here on RadioMisfits.com. In space, no one can hear. I stand corrected. Wow! Sounds like a cool outer space movie! <laughs> it isn't. But fortunately, your old pal Mr. Nelson will be there to guide you through it. Yes, that's right. Cosmos War of the Planets was Italy's answer to Star Wars. But for some reason, it just didn't catch on. Maybe it was the cheap special effects, or the below soap opera level acting, or maybe it was the fact the studio forgot to turn the damn lights on. Anyway, our sci-fi romp stars John Richardson, who once had a shot at being James Bond, but he lost out to George Lazenby. <laughs> Richardson just couldn't catch a break. I mean, it's one thing to lose out to Sean Connery, or even Roger Moore, <laughs> but George Lazenby? <laughs> Warning! Due to an extreme lack of talent, bathroom humor is deployed throughout the film. 
Whoa! Where can I pick up this goodie? <laughs> All you have to do is head over to selfie.com slash Nelson. That's S-E-L-L-F-Y dot com slash N-A-I-L-S-I-N. Yes, it's just that simple. And you can pick up this particular sci-fi adventure for only $1.75. Whoa, cheap! <laughs> yes, yes it is. You're listening to the Mr. Nelson Show here on RadioMisfits.com. Well, this is the Nelson Ratings, and uh, time to look at another episode of Doctor Who. Uh, this one was called the Saranga Conundrum. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, the Doctor and her friends are... Uh, pillaging or rummaging through a uh, space junkyard and uh, uh-oh, they come across this uh, mine and it goes off and then they wake up in this space hospital, but oh-oh, it's not a space hospital, it's a space hospital ship. So the TARDIS has been left behind on uh, the uh, space junkyard. Uh, so uh, this one uh, was not entirely bad. Um, you know, uh, like the uh, the spider one before, I thought, well, this had some promise to it, and then it went south very quickly and then ended up with an idiot rap song saving the day. <laughs> and uh, it couldn't hurt the spiders, but you could lock them in a room and let them starve to death, I guess. Anyway, so here we are in space, and this is kind of like one of the more classic uh, type uh, uh, scenarios for a Doctor Who, where there is the space station in trouble or a ship in trouble. And so here was a ship in trouble, and uh, you still have your your little bit of feminism and misandry thrown around, uh, somewhat slightly and somewhat just you know ridiculously. So uh, there's, there's a general on board, and she's a woman, and she's not just a female general; she's the greatest female general ever. Oh, she's so wonderful. The doctor uh, realizes who she is because she's so famous in outer space and stuff, and she just falls all over herself, uh, uh, kissing butt for this general, <laughs> which is just. Look, you've got your female general. Fine, whatever. Move on, you know. But no, they, they got to keep doing this. It's this strange thing. It's almost as if uh, the Doctor Who crew are not exactly uh, accepting their own premises uh, of, uh, of the point for these characters. The characters aren't just characters in a story. They have to be there as role models and figures uh, to uh, educate the idiot masses watching their show, yes. So, uh, that sort of thing. So, it takes you out of the show. The other, uh, I guess, feminist element is that there's a man who's pregnant on the show. <laughs> well, it's science fiction, and it's explained that his species, the uh, males give birth to males, and the females give birth to females. So, okay, well, he's an alien. He looks like an ordinary guy you'd see, but no, he's an alien, so, you know, they didn't give him any special makeup or anything. Um, so, uh, when, the, when the actual delivery happens, it had to be a C-section, unless I missed something. So, it, it, that's how it's always been. I mean, how does this species develop that before they develop technology and tools <laughs> to be able to form C-sections. I mean, did the men just give birth and die as the baby, what, tears its way out? I don't know. Uh, huh. That's a problem. 
didn't think that through no you could have just said he's an alien and uh it it works for them we don't really need to know his entire anatomy <laughs> but uh and, and it's it was it was done mostly for laughs here and uh and especially with the the ship is under siege from a monster and it's a little monster an almost cute monster but it eats all kinds of inorganic things and it uh, takes the doctor a while to figure out that it does this for the purposes of uh, of the energy involved uh, not just so much the objects themselves which uh again they didn't think this through it kind of makes the doctor seem like an idiot um and she makes a big deal about it when she finally dawns on her what the uh, creature's after but uh well, whatever. Uh, so, uh, yeah, the pregnant man, th- th- these elements here, and even the, the funny little uh, creature, um, were, were sort of reminded me of Douglas Adams. And Douglas Adams, of course, could pull this off. Chibnall is no Douglas Adams. <laughs> Not even close. Uh, so, yeah, it doesn't really... But, you know, there's a few little chuckles here and there for this stuff, but... Um, you know, you gotta wonder: Was it supposed to be some sort of message? I don't know. You know, the, the, there's no gender really. If there was no gender, then what's the point of this female doctor? Then, huh? Yeah. So, uh, I, who knows? But there it is. Uh, I, I guess it works for the joke. But there again, they don't really explain the whole species and their ability to give birth and all that. So, so there's a severe lack of science fiction ability in these scripts here uh so uh not too impressed with that but this one well it just had less bad in it (laughs) so that there was no uh corporate mastermind making everything bad there was no pseudo trump there was no uh uh you know white male to be a foil to be the idiot and uh he's got to be lectured and all that sort of thing uh, there was just, uh, well, the white male gave birth, so <laughs> that was, I guess that was it. I don't know. Uh, so uh, the, the rest of it, yeah, it, it starts off. There's some scenes which seem to go somewhere interested, some sort of interest where the doctor is talking to the chief doctor of, on the ship, and uh, there seems to be something, uh, some dialogue between them. And I, oh, where's this going? And then oh, he's dead. <laughs> so it's like someone who might have almost been interesting is gone. So. And I don't know what that, and it's like, oh, the doctor kept warning him not to get in or uh, to open the uh, escape pod because the creature was in it and all this sort of stuff. And uh, he doesn't listen to her. And, oh, boy, that cost him his life. But then before he goes, he contacts his female assistant and says, you can do this. You can do my job and all that was, well, it kind of counters whatever it was. I mean, it, it, a lot of it's not very well thought out. There's another scene where the the pregnant man is saying he's going to give the child up because he's not ready to be a father. And you can see it on Ryan's face. And this is the, the scene's almost perfect at that point because Ryan's father is not in his life. And uh, he pretty much gave him up and he ended up uh, having to be raised by his grandma. And... Uh, so right in his face, he performs as well. It's like this is hitting home. Then they have to spell it out. The next <laughs> now, to be fair, the the conversation goes into well, how did his mother die? And he learned that she died of a heart attack when he was thirteen. This sort of thing. So Ryan's had it pretty tough, uh, and you pretty much already know that. But uh, you know the detail that his mother died in that manner. Uh, there you have that. So, but uh, and, and that's about it. The rest of it, uh, Graham and Ryan, these two actors, are basically 
have have the burden of carrying the show and uh, more or less the better scenes and lines are with them and when they're interacting with other characters and so the for the comedic uh bit of the pregnant man those two and that's what they had to perform and, and they did uh and the whole uh point of it was ryan trying to convince this guy to keep the baby which i'm assuming uh he names the you know there's a joke in there about the name, but uh, it, so it, it's the, it makes sense that it, it fills out uh, Ryan's story, and uh, good enough. I mean, if they whether they introduce Ryan's father or not, it really doesn't matter. The, the story is Ryan, and uh, y- you see his character develop in, in that matter. So that was good and all, and uh, the banter between him and Graham works and all that. Poor Yaz is just still there. Uh, she had an opportunity in the last episode, but they kind of blew it. And uh, so, oh, yeah, Yaz and uh, this uh, cheap Mr. Data uh, are used to uh, uh, fight off the little creature and, and try to divert it to where it goes into the doctor's trap later on. Um, the creature, uh, they use, for all intents and purposes, ray guns i i i thought those were bad uh, wouldn't the doctor have to lecture them and no no they they used ray guns i don't care what you want to call it those were guns <laughs> now the creature is virtually indestructible but uh they needed to trick it and this time uh instead of trapping it in a trap and leaving it there to starve to death like these the spiders that the doctor loved so much and even talked to as if they could understand her uh this time the creature who can survive in outer space is simply jettisoned out of the ship so uh after it consumes an explosive that was on the ship so uh there you go i boy i hate to see what this creature's litter box looks like but uh, they didn't go into that detail and uh there they have the happy birth and then some sort of uh funeral for the great general who dies uh guiding the ship and uh she has a heart condition so she passed away and so then they had the funeral led by the android and uh the the doctor knew the line so it's uh, some uh a well-known ritual for them what have you and then the end <laughs> they didn't get the tardis back uh, maybe they'll uh maybe the tardis will remain missing yet again and then the doctor will eventually find it uh wherever they go uh, since in that junkyard she was worried uh-oh someone's gonna uh, salvage the, the tardis and sell it off or something uh, how they would get into it i don't know but um uh, or they'll just start off the next episode and she will just happen happen to have found it and uh, they'll throw in a line boy it's a good thing we got that but oh we had to sell Graham's jacket or belt or something um, but it looks like the previews are, they'll go into the past uh, uh, of India and Pakistan I suppose and uh, some uh, historical story there so we'll see how that turns out. But this one, it just wasn't horrible, you know. It just, but it's still the the laziness of, of the scripts and uh, uh, Jody. Yeah, I, I mean, maybe if she had better writers, but boy, that's not going to happen. So uh, she's not David Tennant. She's certainly not Tom Baker. She, uh, not even Matt Smith. She can't carry the show, and uh, it's. So I I don't know if the scripts were better would she do would it seem okay and all that but I don't know um, boy she at times she even gets to be annoying um, so 
But it is what it is. Uh, oh, yeah. And there was this thing. She kept grabbing her side. Uh, the other uh, the companions didn't seem to be uh, hurt or anything. So, uh-oh, there's something going on there. I thought they were going to reveal that she was pregnant, too. <laughs> Maybe they will. I don't know. So I'm guessing that'll carry on into the next episode. Or not. <laughs> you know, it's not the first time this new Who stuff has teased something and then never pays off. So... Um, we'll see. But it looks like, uh-oh, there's something off and who knows what. But, you know, stay tuned. So uh, this one gets two out of five stars. <laughs> uh, so that's two out of five stars for Doctor Who. Uh, in the meantime, the uh, latest news for Doctor Who, no Christmas special. They're not going to do Christmas. This will be the first time they haven't done one since the series began again. The reboot is in 2005. And so instead, they will do a New Year's Day special. And then that'll be the only Doctor Who of 2019. Yes, they've decided not to do another series uh, until 2020, I guess. Uh, what's going on? <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, and the reason for not doing the Christmas special, and I'm not kidding, they said, we just don't have any ideas. <laughs> Well, hey, I, I admire the honesty. I truly do. Um, yeah, no ideas because they figured, oh, they've done all the possible Christmas stories. You do. Look, you do a, a Doctor Who story that just happens to be taking place during Christmas. That's all you got to do. There's Christmas trees around and that sort of thing. It doesn't have to be Santa Claus. It doesn't have to involve elves. Uh, I doubt that they would ever do a story where they go back in time and witness the birth of Jesus. I mean, uh, I'd rather they didn't because they'll screw that up. So, but all you got to do is just some adventure and there's uh, Christmas shopping going on and that sort of thing. How hard is that? But, uh, but at least you're honest because you, you don't have any ideas, period. jeez. Oh, so, uh this one is i guess this one is the best of the season um and like the first one i i gave high marks just because it didn't piss me off as much as i thought it would uh so i but i'm thinking this 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 was clearly better than that one that stupid evil tooth fairy that was awful so huh hmm (laughs) i guess i'll i'll come back to this at the end of the series and rank what was the best right now this one uh, is better than the other ones, so, but uh, poof, just kind of by dumb luck, probably. <laughs> so. You're listening to the Mr. Nelson Show here on RadioMisfits.com. Uh, hey, that's some snazzy looking shirt you're wearing. Where'd you get that? Oh, I got it at the Mr. Nelson's door. Mr. Nelson's door? Where that is? Uh, you, you go to zazzle.com slash v underscore mr underscore n-a-i-l-s-i-n underscore store. Uh, it's just that simple. <laughs> oh, man. That sounds pretty cool. What else can you get there? Oh, hats and mugs, and it's got all kinds of Nelson art on it, from the Nelson Show, and old Bob Levy Show, and, uh, and even 
Biden, he got shirts like uh, stupid alien telling nobody built the pyramids. <laughs> oh, what's this one? Oh, that's episode eight. That refers to that nasty Star Wars movie everybody hates. Oh, man, I hate it, too. And I want everyone to know it. All you got to do is get that shirt and you let them know. Oh, man. Oh, look at all this. Who's that? It's Night Night. Oh, yeah. All your Night Night and uh, Rob Song, whoever that is, right? All that kind of stuff and more from Mr. Nelson. You can find it at the Mr. Nelson store at Zazzle.com. <laughs> oh, man. I don't want to be the only one who doesn't have it. No, you don't. Better get over there right now. Yeah. That's right, friends. Head over to Zazzle.com slash the underscore MR underscore N-A-I-L-S-I-N underscore store. Yes, it's just that simple. You're listening to the Mr. Nelson Show here on RadioMisfits.com. This is the Nelson Ratings. So Rick Grimes had his final episode, or was it, uh, of The Walking Dead. The Walking Dead uh, is dead and has been dead for some time. But just like the corpses the show is named after, <laughs> it limps along. Uh, the episode in and of itself had its moments. There's uh, the uh, emotional reactions to old characters making appearance, most notably Herschel, which is doubly so because sadly the actor who portrayed him recently passed away. But uh, they managed to tape this scene between him and Rick. And all that, and but the overall uh, 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 template, shall we say, of the episode for Rick's bow out is this. It's a gimmicky thing that's been done a hundred, <laughs> hundreds of times, if not thousands, in uh, popular media and what have you of uh, character, either their life flashing before them or just uh, reminiscing and uh, in a dreamlike state before they meet their final end. Of course, Rick, spoiler, spoiler, doesn't meet his final end. And this, uh, I think quite a few predicted this would be the case, uh, that um, Rick would not die, but would rather simply disappear. Uh, one scenario, I think, was that all the his chances for civilization, his d- desires for creating a new civilization goes to hell, and he just walks away from it all. I, you would have to have him and Michonne and Judith go, unless Michonne died in that too, which would have been really shocking. Uh, that scenario, that really wouldn't work. So the other one is, of course, this subplot they had with these mysterious people with their uh, helicopters, whom I thought would probably be a reimagining of the Whisperers because they keep asking for an A or a B, and this refers to Alpha and Beta, uh, which was so important for the weird philosophy of the Whisperers, which the Whisperers story, I was just hoping. The neat idea of uh, using a zombie skin to hide in was a clever thing, but other than that, the rest of the story was terrible. I've abandoned the comic book series. It's awful. Uh, and I'm not really paying attention to, <laughs> to The Walking Dead. I thought I would make a special uh, viewing of uh, tonight's episode. 
Uh, I've missed a couple of episodes just sort of glancing at it. it there's nothing there. Uh, it, it, the the uh, flailing and lack of uh, ideas and whatnot um, it, it has been apparent for quite a few seasons, and I don't know that they can work their way out of it. But uh, overall, you know, there was some uh, good scenes here and there. But then there were really dumb and stupid seeds. Uh, Rick got injured because his horse uh, was spooked. And why wouldn't the horse be with all the uh, walkers, zombies, what have you, whatever you call them, uh, menacingly uh, closing in. And uh, the horse bucks and dumps Rick onto the rocks. And uh-oh, this uh, piece of uh, metal goes through him. And he's uh, pretty much impaled at the end. And then now in this episode, uh, he pulls himself off and... The, uh, the zombies are coming on to it, and they're coming. They're all now. They're everywhere. And then, hey, the horse is still here. <laughs> the horse would have left, but uh, no. Rick manages to get on the horse, and they go for a good while. Then Rick uh, comes to a shack, and he kind of wraps himself up, and he has some more dreams and whatnot. But um, yeah, then he gets back to the horse. <laughs> He's going a ways, and then the horse says, I've had enough, and I'm out of here. Uh, yeah, that's not really believable. That That's, no, that doesn't work. Um, but again, uh, they just keep making mistakes like this, and it's just it's just going through the motions now. And then there's the confrontation between uh, Negan and Maggie, uh, who Maggie, who is also leaving the show soon. I, I, I guess I'll tune in for that one. They announce it ahead of time to please watch the show because the ratings are gone. Uh, so um, I'm sure there'll be plenty of announcement for that one. Uh, so, uh, yeah, the Negan confrontation was basically a, a, a slap job rendition of the one that took place in the comic book. Um, so I guess they're going to have to do Negan's story ass backwards from the comic book, uh, where Negan tries to make good with Rick and all that. Well, he can't do that now. And I don't know that he can make good with, with Maggie because she's leaving the show. So whenever the great confrontation, there's always a great confrontation. They can't think of anything else. And, uh, Negan tries to make good with it. The problem is the conclusion of Negan is that scene where he's begging to die and Maggie says, no, I'm going to let you live because now you're in hell and uh, I don't want you to suffer. And she walks away. Uh, so for that matter, the comic book kind of handled it better. Uh, here, it's just sort of done and he's, I can't take it anymore. And so it, it, it all seemed rather forced. And so Maggie, she's wanting to kill him, wanting to kill him. And now she sees, well, if I kill him, I'm doing him a favor. So she walks away from uh, Negan um, and then that's that and then we're back to Rick and his his dreams and uh, meeting dead characters and whatnot and then supposedly he dies in a blaze of glory blowing up the, the bridge to get rid of the herd and oh poor Michonne she's screaming and uh, Daryl's crying and everybody's all no we lost Rick but you didn't no, Rick uh, apparently got washed away along with the barbecued zombies, and uh, none of them managed to get a hold because uh, just burning them is not going to to end them, you know. So, but none of them got a hold of him, and he washes up on the bank. And uh, the former uh, trash heap lady, um, 
no, Jadis, I think. Uh, she finds him, and of course, she uh, makes contact with the mysterious helicopter, and they whisk Rick away. So, gee, well, uh, he's leaving. Uh, what's this about? Well, there was some rumors, and now, uh, for the first time in a long time, I watched Talking Dead. <laughs> and... Um, What's his name? Scott Gimple confirmed the rumors of this. Uh, well, not rumors. They they announced that they were going to expand the Walking Dead universe, which <laughs> again is if the Walking Dead uh, still has a universe, if uh, like it has uh, this uh, grand following that it had in its glory days, uh, that's all gone. So I don't think this really is going to work, but it's sort of like all these different uh, initiatives and uh, attempts at franchises that other people have announced ahead of time, and then it falls flat. Um, this is another one of those, uh, except that they did have something, but it's it's gone now. Um, so there'll be these made-for-AMC movies of Rick. Uh, his story. They're they're doing one, and I think he I think he mentioned three possibly, but they're going to do the one, which uh, further explores Rick and his story, and then other small stories and whatnot to deal with characters in different venues and characters that we've seen that are gone, but looking into their backstory. I'm pretty sure this means that we'll probably do an adaption of this comic strip that was serialized through uh, Image Comics. Uh, uh, sort of catalog magazine type supplement thing they did at the comic book stores uh, called Here's Negan and uh, it tells the backstory of Negan, where he came from and all that so they'll probably adapt that if there's still a Walking Dead <laughs> franchise by the time they can get to it uh, it doesn't look good for Walking Dead so here's my advice <laughs> um, you 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 could do the extra stories, but there's only two stories that you could possibly look at. One, the virus needs a story. You need to tell the virus's story. You need to explain it. You can introduce, even if it's entirely new characters in a different uh, location, what have you, that's fine. Uh, you deal with it there. It's a different story. It's not some just a you know uh, average everyday people that that your your audience can relate to and how they try to deal with the zombie apocalypse and uh, and uh, fight and survive. We've seen that. We've seen that story over and over and over and over again. <laughs> so uh, dealing with the virus and what is it? How did it happen? And uh, also explaining some problems here of how how was it able to overcome the military so fast that it clearly did um and you don't really explain it and you haven't explained it why don't you explain it uh there are things left undone and that's the big one uh so you could do that like a small series it doesn't have to be an ongoing thing of course if it's very popular and reignites interest in walking dead then i know what you're gonna do you're gonna try to milk it <laughs> so uh, but, you know, I, I don't think that would work, uh, but I think it would, would garner some interest. It may be too late by now, but it could. The second one about the characters that have died and stuff, and so Negan would be one they could do. I don't know. There's a lot of interest. Um, I'm not really interested in seeing anything more 
of the lives uh, of like Woodbury, what ha- what it was like before. We got enough of that as it was, um, you know, and, uh, a Merle series about how, hey, what was Merle and Daryl's lives like? We get inklings of it, but yeah, I, I, I wouldn't go into that. Um, there was one thing that goes all the way back to the first season, which was that guy, Jim, who it appeared had some sort of psychic premonitions <laughs> of the of deaths by the, the zombies and even his own. And so I'm wondering, uh, what was that about? And um, was Jim some kind of special guy? You know, um, there was also an inkling that ties in with the idea of the virus. Uh, its story would be people who are just naturally immune to it. Uh, they might get sick, but they recover. They never turn. Uh, there was Tyrese who appeared both in the comic book and this one in the, uh, the T series. Was he possibly one of these people? And, you know, well, he's dead. So he died. They buried him. We never saw him turn. So I'm assuming they, you know, they dealt with him after he got bit, but. It's quite possible he never would have turned. This would be an interesting thing to, which would be an avenue about exploring the virus. They never did it. Uh, Sometimes you could argue, well, what are the, what's the likelihood that they would just stumble into somebody who has knowledge of it and all that, like Eugene's lie. You know, it turns out there, uh, another guy was really the guy that Eugene was, was, uh, pretending to be. Well, they went to Washington DC or near Washington DC. Boy, there's a good likelihood that there, that could be a locale where somebody knows what's going on. Uh, that would have some amount of credibility to it. No, no, didn't do it. Let's, let's pit Rick's gang against another evil gang. And, oh, well, now it's, uh, I guess it's Michonne and Judith's gang because, uh, they jump ahead again. Uh, they show as the helicopter flies away and there's this shack or barn there and then suddenly it ages and now you realize it's years later. Uh, I think they pushed it, what, six years or something like that? I don't know. Um, and so uh, young Judith, who is still way too small and young to do what she does in this, in the scene, but, you know, so she's wearing that hat, so now she's the heir apparent of legendary Rick Grimes. And so there you go. It's not enough to save this show. (laughs) It's terrible. Like I said, uh, cheap formulaic tricks uh, that's been done a million times in other uh, shows and what have you. And uh, not really all that well done. Uh, It's a sad shadow of its former glory. And uh, I guess Rick uh, or Andrew Lincoln probably should have bowed out much earlier <laughs> before that, before this was dragged down to where it is. But uh, there, there, and he's not really gone because they're working on these films, uh, which are not going to be uh, flashback type things. It's going to be whatever, wherever he is, and probably trying to get out to get back to his his family and that sort of thing. Uh, so. Well, and will we see the the completion of all that? Uh, I'm dubious. So there you go. Goodbye, Rick. Uh, It's too bad things came to where they are. Uh, Boy, it could have had a better send-off earlier in the series when it was still good. But, uh, well, that's the way the zombie rots. (laughs) 
the views and opinions expressed during the Mr. Nelson Show do not necessarily reflect those held by RadioMisfits.com. So, any complaints and or comments should be sent to at Mr. Nelson on Twitter, where they will be promptly ignored and or blocked. This is CNN. <laughs>